Welcome to the Soul Traveler Podcast, an exploration of conscious living with your host, Jennifer Mitchell of The Soul Experience. Join Jennifer as she explores the quantum realms of the subconscious mind and all aspects of spirituality. Driven by curiosity and a thirst for knowledge, topics will stretch the boundaries of your imagination and revive your mind, body, and soul. Hello, my conscious friends. Today, I had the pleasure of chatting with Ashley Jackson, who is the host of the popular Wake Up or Die podcast. Ashley is a wellness expert and a rapid transformational therapist. She's also an author and international speaker. We did a really fun experiment for this episode where we cross-interviewed each other for both of our shows. You definitely don't want to miss out on this episode because there was an unexpected healing that occurs. If you like the show, and want to put a smile on my face, please rate and follow to show your support. Here we go. Thank you, Ashley. I'm so excited to be here and really looking forward to chatting with you about all things quantum healing and and excited to be the first guest on to have this conversation with you and to inform your listeners about this incredible modality. Thank you for having me on the show. You're so welcome. Let's just dive right in. If I didn't know anything about quantum healing and I was listening and I was like, oh, this is a bunch of crock, <laughs> what would you tell me? The quantum healing is truly one of the most amazing and life-changing experiences that I've ever come across. I actually left my corporate job in the banking field. I was a senior executive and left that position to come and do this work because it's that life altering. It is the deepest and most profound method of healing that somebody can do on a spiritual path. And quantum healing, every every time I have a client, I see new miracles. And the reason we call it quantum, and Ashley, you can talk to this as well, is because we we tap into that part of the subconscious mind, that part of the soul that is in each and every one of us that is connected to source. And when we tap into that, there is no time. Like you're talking with past, present, and future self. It's really incredible. So did you have an experience? Uh, did, did someone give you a session before you started practicing? Let's talk about that. Through. Yes. So, no, I was living in the matrix, like I'm sure many, many people are who might even be listening to this right now. And I was, I was miserable. I was very unhappy. And I knew deep down, I wasn't living my purpose. And I would spend most of my weekends crying in bed because I knew Monday was around the corner. Right. And I didn't want to go into work. And I came across a Dolores Cannon video that absolutely changed my entire world. I was like, what? is this? What is she talking about? And so I started you know, watching all her videos and binging, and I was truly fascinated. She was talking about um, ancient Egypt and Atlantis and Lemuria and how she had authored over 17 books, uh, you know, from information that she uncovered over a 50-year span from the subconscious minds of her clients. Uh, she really touched on every single subject from Akashic records to alien abductions. And I was just obsessed. And right away, I was like, I have to find a practitioner. 
I live in Las Vegas, so at this time, I could not find a practitioner in my area. So I did find somebody in LA and I flew out to LA. I had a session and in the QHHT session, there was actually a part where we call forward the subconscious mind to directly answer questions. And when that time of the session came forward, my subconscious said I wasn't living my purpose and that I was to be a practitioner. (laughs) It actually told me to leave my job, my subconscious did, and to go and become a practitioner. So I didn't know how to process that at the time. It was a lot of information because I'm like, how am I supposed to leave this job? How, who's going to pay the bills? You know, all of the programming of society and, you know, the fears came rushing in and it took me a little while to actually get to the point where I am now, where I'm doing this full time and I'm living my purpose. Um, The pandemic actually was the catalyst for that. Strangely enough, when the pandemic came, I I had to leave the bank. I, I, I couldn't handle the stress anymore. And so... I've been doing this now full time for about two and a half years. How many clients do you, would you say you've had in the two and a half years? About a hundred plus, a little more than a hundred. I do also a lot of like online group regressions and I'm active in the community. I do a lot of circles and group regressions too. But as far as in one-on-one clients, yeah, a little over a hundred over, over the past two and a half years, which is That's actually amazing. a lot because, you know, sessions are lengthy. My, when I have a session, it consumes the whole day. So it's about four and a half to five hours for one session. Yeah, it's very people, people come in for what kind of reasons? What, like what would trigger someone to come to see a QHHT practitioner or quantum practitioner? Yeah. And, you know, I think to explain that to listeners, maybe it'd be good for me to highlight what happens in a session because there's so many different reasons. I mean, quantum healing, it can help with anything. So first and foremost, just the spiritual counseling alone before we even begin the session, we talk for about an hour and a half to two hours. That alone is a very healing, a very therapeutic. There's no judgment. It's a safe place to just tell me everything. I want to get to know my clients because the more I know about them and the more comfortable that they feel chatting with me and opening up, then the better the session is going to be because their subconscious mind is going to feel comfortable talking to me in trance. So we talk and, you know, I get to know about their life experiences. When we begin the hypnosis, then we deep dive into a past life regression. And that is always so fun. A lot of healing trauma release will happen there. Clients will often remember, you know, previous life lessons. Um, You know, sometimes if there was a traumatic experience in a previous life, they could be holding like that trauma or those emotions in the body. It's very common. I had a really profound one when I had mine. Yeah, my, uh, and I will share it with my viewers because this is interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I've always seen sirens in my life as a sign that help is on the way. And I never understood that. Like it's never scared me. And in my session, I was a little girl and I fell in the pool and I drowned Mm -hmm. and they got me out. And the whole time I was like angelically, like I never hurt. Nothing was ever like, I never suffered. Mm -hmm. I just died. And And it was like this overwhelming sense of like help is on the way. And so sirens have been this like welcoming birth for me in this lifetime, which is so weird, but it helped me understand why Mm -hmm. I was really feeling that way. And it's really allowed me to heal other people through allowing their anxiety to dissipate around sirens. Because a lot of people have a lot of anxiety around sirens. Yeah. It's very interesting. And I I could see that. And, And it's so interesting too how your subconscious mind, it knows exactly what you need from a session. 
when you come in to see your practitioner and it will always make that connection for you. If there's something or that you need to know or information that's going to help you, it knows exactly what you need. So everybody gets, you know, what's meant for them from the session. And so they uh, first come in, you talk, and then you have a past life regression. Mm-hmm. And then and then after that, we explore in between lives, which that's where the real interesting stuff happens. Uh, it's really curious to see, like, once they're on the other side and they can talk about, you know, that life experience from a different perspective, they get to recall the life lessons that were previously forgotten, uh, you know, those connections. Sometimes their soul family will come forward and greet them after they pass. That's very common. Um, they connect to source. A lot of interesting things happen. I like to keep it a little bit of a mystery if anyone's interested in a session. So I won't go too much into that, but it's a really fun exploration of the quantum realm. After that, we call forward the subconscious mind. And the subconscious will scan the entire body from head to toe. I mean, our body is an amazing, incredible self-healing machine. We haven't even begun to tap into, you know, the power of the body and the mind. And so there's so much that happens in that space. Uh, You know, your chakras, you know, get realigned, trauma gets cleared. My clients can actually tell me, the event in which trauma entered the body, the age, you know, what caused it, like how long has it been there? Um, We find a lot of different emotions get trapped in specific places. Uh, Oftentimes the stomach holds anger, the heart holds sadness, headaches is usually fear, which is trapped in the mind. There's all different types of things, but there's a lot of synchronicities, which is very validating. People's subconscious will always say the same things. And then the final part of the session, which might be my favorite part, is the question and answers. My clients will bring a list of questions, anything that they want to know, like anything, like what is my life purpose? Is this relationship for me? Uh, Finance, like why did this happen when I was a kid? Anything that you want to know, your higher self has the answers. And so I will talk with the client's higher self, whether in trance, and I get those answers for them. And everything's recorded for them. And so it's really life-altering. You know, my clients, I get messages all the time, and they'll be like, oh, my goodness, like, this happened after that happened. I've made so many changes. I'm not the same person I was before I came in for the session. So, Have you had anyone that's been uh, terminally ill that you've worked with? I have not specifically myself. However, it's not uncommon. Uh, we have we do a practitioner forum, and a lot of the practitioners in the forum, we all you know chat about experiences and things that have happened, and we get to read each other's you know stories of the client's self healing. I think the most interesting thing that I've experienced was I had a guy who had these glasses or really thick glasses. And one of his questions was to his subconscious, if they could, if the subconscious could repair his sight and help improve his sight. And when he left, he left the glasses on the nightstand and I texted him. I was like, Hey, you forgot your glasses. He was like, Oh, I don't need those anymore. And he never reached back out to me for the glasses. I still have them. 
<laughs> but it's, it's actually like wild. My whole body gets cold chills. Yeah. It's actually a reminder. Like it's it's so funny. I keep him in my duster. Like oh my, I see, maybe he was gonna call me, but he never has. And it's been like mm, close to a year now. And so they just kind of serve as the reminder of the work I do for you know, it's validation <laughs> at this point. Absolutely. That's yeah. amazing. That's a yeah. really interesting story because it's so, it's like proof, right? The angels are mm-hmm. like, hey, look, <laughs> you can't deny it. They're right there. <laughs> you know, and he needed them before. And I will say this too. A, a big part of the self-healing is the belief system. You know, your belief system also needs to align with with the work that's being done. When the belief system fully aligns, that that's when the miracles happen. And I see them all the time every day. And I would really call it, uh, I would call it like homeostasis. So I, have you ever read it? There's a book called Your Immortal Body of Life by Dr. Mitchell Gibson. It's about 40 pages long. And he's, um, have you ever encountered this? No, book? I haven't. I'm really interesting to, okay. interested to hear this. <laughs> okay. So you'll love it. And he works as a psychotherapist and he runs the whole floor of psychotherapy at a hospital in Chicago. He's working at night and he's been transcendentally meditating since he was a kid. While he's there, he's meditating and Thoth comes to him and starts to teach him about what's happening with each patient in real time. Oh Oh my goodness. (laughs) And what he shows him is that the human body looks like a faceted diamond. So think of a diamond and a beautiful Mm -hmm. diamond and a whole diamond, right? This is the human soul, not the human body. Sorry, the human soul. And the soul sits like this. And what happens is trauma is like a baseball. And it, someone throws the baseball at the diamond and it fragments off into all these little particles around the diamond. And when we have a miracle or we have alignment with our beliefs or we have a reconfiguration, we, little, we literally remember ourselves. So it's like taking the members of our facets and remembering mm-hmm. them into a whole diamond. And it's fascinating because once you're a whole human or a whole being and you know that, your belief system lines up with that, yeah. you actually start to expand and you start to form gravitas. And this is how you start to have your own orbit of things orbiting around you. And people are very conscious of this that are doing it. They wouldn't explain it like this, but that's actually what, like in mm-hmm. linear, like a very linear picture looked like for this man. So I've always found that really fascinating and an easy way for people to understand what's happening without it being like something that's unattainable. Because sometimes I think miracles to people and magic aren't attainable mm-hmm. because their alignment of beliefs doesn't understand that it's just going back into a homeostasis or into an alignment that they were already naturally there in the first place with. Yeah. I mean, it's so incredible. I mean, how powerful the body is. And I'm excited too, just because, you know, as more and more people wake up and we start to move into this more like heart-based way of living and we're expanding our consciousness as society, more and more is going to be uncovered. You know, miracles, miracles are normal. That's my, that's my little uh, slogan, my tagline. Um, that I've kind of uh, come up with because I see them all the time and I see them every day. And oftentimes my clients will come in and they might be a little bit skeptical. And then after the session, no, they'll be like, wow, like I, I can't believe how powerful this was. I didn't know what to expect. And so even that in itself is a miracle because somebody's, you know, belief system might have shifted 
And I know that I'm I'm serving my purpose and helping humanity and helping others. And it's just, it's so amazing. That's amazing. So, so how does someone find you if they want to work with you? Yeah. Um, if somebody wants to work with me, my website is thesoulexperiences.com. I do online sessions and in-person sessions. And so they can work with me regardless of where they're at. I'm also on Instagram at Jennifer Mitchell, Q-H-H-T. And I have my podcast, which is The Soul Traveler, and which is how we met through a mutual friend, the incredible Laura Powers. Um, Yes, for sure. She has something uh, which is the power to bring really powerful women together. (laughs) Laura has brought some really Mm -hmm. powerful women into my life and also women that are willing to hold space for you to feel well. And I think that that's, that's really incredible. I think as practitioners, as people that are helping people every day to find a network and a community that's, um, very, they don't have any reason. There's like no, um, there's no purpose behind it other than to be supportive. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting because most people have a direct purpose, right? They want you to buy something from them. They want you to do something for them. And she has been able to create and cultivate communities that don't have that feeling. And that's really powerful. Yeah. Uh, and it has really served a huge purpose for me. So thanks, Laura Powers. <laughs> we love you. And it's so interesting when I think about how we met, it, I'm going to tell this story because like, it's still like, I know that she was sent to me like so that I you know, that I could expand my network and that I could actually go change paths on my journey. So I randomly reached out to her, uh, offering a session and say, you know, to be a guest on her show. And she responded and I didn't even know that she lived here in Las Vegas. And she's like, I live in Las Vegas too. So she came to my house we did this session. I didn't know really anything that she, I knew she had a podcast, but I didn't know that she taught like a course on podcasting and I actually have been considering doing or starting a podcast, and I didn't tell anybody that. It was kind of like my thing. I was like doing research. Before she leaves, after the session, she looks at me. She's like, you should start a podcast. And I'm thinking, holy heck. (laughs) And I'm like, well, okay, I am sitting here with a psychic. So, you know, she was completely tuned in that I had literally been like researching it just a day prior, hadn't told anyone about it. And I was like, really? You think so? She's like, yes, yes, I think so. You know, you can talk about past life regression stories. And it was exactly what I want to talk about on my podcast. Uh, so many fascinating client stories and I'm really excited to narrate those and invite clients onto the podcast too. And so she really picked up on that. And it's just been history from there. So we connected and, you know, I did the course and now we're chatting. I met you through the course and yeah, it's been a great path. Yeah, it's a powerful way to keep the momentum going. Mm-hmm. Momentum is so key to having financial success. And mm-hmm. that's something that I'm curious about in my life right now. And I feel like it would be fun to explore. Uh, have you done any readings on, like, live on a podcast before? No, I haven't. Yeah, that's something that would be interesting for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did, I've... <clears throat> I have a girl named Amy and she comes on and I do live work with her every day if she wants it. She's like my, one of my clients has agreed to do that with me. So that's been really powerful because we've seen big shifts in her immediate mm-hmm. like surroundings, right? She has kids, she has a lot of stuff going on. And so to help people feel well more often than not is really fun. Maybe that's something that we should think about. 
Yeah, that would be so fun. And, you know, actually, I know that you've mentioned before, you know, we got on the recording that you're also a practitioner as well. And you've been doing sessions for quite a while, too. What kind of miracles and shifts have you seen with your clients in this line of work? You know what? So quantum healing shifted the way that I was able to see into the future. I'd always worked as a medium and a psychic. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a really traumatic childhood that allowed me to really trance people from a very young age. And, and I didn't realize that's what I was doing until I was in my, you know, my twenties, I had some really good mentors. I'm 37 now. I've had some really good mentors and teachers that have allowed me to see that these are gifts. Mm-hmm. And so most of my clients, we find that thing that's inside of them. So I usually ask them the question after we talk for a while show me the part of you. I want to talk to the part of you that hurts the most. And this is an interesting question that in QHHT isn't really, these these are all sorts of modalities Mm -hmm. that I've kind of woven together. Um, I'm not in the forum for QHHT and I'm, I'm not in, I don't align myself with one thing very regularly because I've seen people kind of have a snap back to something. So Mm -hmm. I'll just help you if you don't feel well. Usually that's what I tell people, but I ask people, let me talk to the part of you that hurts the most. Mm-hmm. And what, where is that at? And they point to that part. And then yeah. what color is it? What shape is it? Is it moving? And can I help you creatively move it right now? Because mm-hmm. your DNA is really built on picture, sounds, and feelings. Yeah. And when we're able to access that specific picture, sound, and feeling, mm-hmm. like you were saying, your clients can tell you where the trauma entered mm-hmm. exactly, uh, what, how old they were, things like this. When we're able to access that in real time and shift it in real time using creativity, we're able to alter your DNA to the yes. point where you have, even if it's one degree to the right, you have a significant shift in the way you operate and the way you're received. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about that. We, we do that as well. So like with, with the sessions, you know, the higher self will come in and increase the vibration, upgrade the DNA. And when the body is moving and processing through that trauma, you can just see it leave the body. It's so interesting the way that the body will move when it's processing through something like that. It, it's, yeah, it, it's really incredible how how powerful it is. Yeah, and I've learned to utilize other tools like cold mm-hmm. water therapy, uh, mm-hmm. some other things, uh, sweat lodges, to really activate that and help someone go through a rapid transformation. So I call myself a rapid transformation therapist. Uh, I've kind of gone back to the word therapist. I mm-hmm. studied psychology. I got a degree. I didn't really love that word, but right now people are seeking out therapy. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. interesting, right? They are willing to heal that part of themselves. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Something one of the I... most recent. Oh yeah, one of the most recent things that I went through though is I've been. I have a client that. Um, is a very, he's like the head of a company mm-hmm. and he was present during a shooting that happened. And I flew in the next day and we did some work. And then mm-hmm. recently someone in his life committed suicide and he was able to do the work that I had done for him on, on the person's father wow. as it was happening in real time. So what I'm a big believer of is mm-hmm. empowering someone and instilling someone with the knowledge to be able to help other people. Because that's really, once you're willing to be well and whole, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and sometimes it takes one session or 10 sessions or however long to be able to transfer that knowledge base and allow people to 
utilize that consciousness, which is a Christ consciousness, mm-hmm. to be able to utilize that frequency as like a laser and as a as like a sword to heal people. It is so interesting, uh, something that you had touched on earlier and it aligns with the story right now you just uh, told about your client is, you know, trauma. Trauma is often the catalyst to, you know, opening us up. You know, those of us who do this type of work or have these abilities of, you know, often had, you know, very traumatic events or traumatic childhood. And, you know, trauma just has the ability to kind of like just plop us open, whether it's psychically or spiritually, you know, to be more open to different modalities and, and things to, to be able to come into our life. So. Yeah, I think trauma creates an awareness. Um, mm-hmm. I've really redefined what trauma is linearly. I heard a definition that really made a lot of sense. Trauma is not being seen and heard. Mm-hmm. That's all trauma is. And the tricky part about trauma is it takes two people to get into it, and it takes two people to get out of it. And when you witness someone's trauma where you listen to them say whatever they need to say and you don't say anything back other than, I'm so sorry this happened to you, Mm-hmm. that witnessing alone can heal people's traumas. And when you do it in a safe space, uh, I've witnessed a lot of things around breath work. Yeah. Uh, one of my clients, she does uh, somatic breath work for people. And I've witnessed when women come together and they're able to witness each other's traumas and they don't say anything, they don't try to help anyone. They just say, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Somehow their story is able to change and they're able to tell a new story that really changes their future outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is so amazing. And also I'd like to touch to um, plant medicine. I see that you work with plant medicine and that's something that I've actually been curious about getting into because I know it's so transformative and, you know, the plant medicine also has the ability to heal, to heal us on so many different levels, you know, spiritually, trauma, nutritionally. Like, what, what could you tell me a little bit about that? If I just from a, since I'm curious about learning more about that. Yeah, so plant medicine, that's a great question mm-hmm. because I think everyone's wondering about it right now yeah. from the rise of cannabis, right? Right. To the rise of psilocybin has just popped on the screen like Utah's passing psilocybin laws, like red flag alert, somebody <laughs> look, right? That's the serious stuff. Plant medicine, all the plants are a lot like people. This mm-hmm. kind of sounds weird, but... <laughs> Each plant has a different personality and it has a different purpose and it has a different thought process and teaching process. So I really like to have, uh, when I work with people that are curious about plant medicine, I like to talk to them for a while and I like to help them decide what plant medicine might work for them. Mm-hmm. There's things like ayahuasca, right? Um, I've tried yeah. all these things I'm going to list off to you. Okay. But ayahuasca, right? Uh, and ayahuasca is interesting because it's very violent. It's a very violent plant. But that's good. If you have a lot of violence, you need a violent plant, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to match the energetic level. If you've already submitted yourself to not a lot of violence, ayahuasca might not be for you. Uh, psilocybin, right? Psilocybin is a very soft, energetic flowy plant and the mycelial network, right, is completely around the whole earth. What's fascinating about psilocybin is no one knows where it's going to grow or how it's going to grow, but you can force grow psilocybin Mm -hmm. in different places. And so I grind up a lot of uh, psilocybin legally in states that are legal. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a doctor by any means, but I work with about a hundred different shaman, different people that are practicing this medicine and on a collective basis. And we utilize microdosing. So we have the, um, 
mushrooms ground up in tiny pills and you would take like, it's like 0.10 or 0.15. It's like taking 200 milligrams of ibuprofen to kind of yeah. to give you an idea, the mm-hmm. scale of dose. And then you take it in the morning on an empty stomach and that might allow you to have different creativity and new neural pathways immediately. Right. That's an avenue. There's things like DMT. DMT is a shorter experience. It's more intense, but also more mind-altering as far as it can completely, if you've been in one pattern for a long, long time, like I was, I was raised Mormon and really wanted to shift out of the guilt and fear and shame of Mormon. So the DMT really woke me up to that. Mm -hmm. It's about a 15-minute experience. And all of these are with, I I teach something called set, setting, dose, Mm -hmm. dosage, and facilitator. And so you have to have the right set, like where you're going to be at, who you're going to be with. And that setting needs to be right. Like it needs to be sunny outside. You don't want to do these things in the dark or, you Mm -hmm. know, you're inviting whatever is around you to be a part of your experience because it's literally turning everything on to you as far as the aliveness of, and, and it kind of, it eliminates the veil of the third dimension and it allows you to work in the fifth dimension without hesitation. That being said, I believe that plant medicine, specifically these things we're talking about, is the link to the nutrition your brain needs Mm -hmm. to be able to develop neuroplasticity. If you've been exposed to fluoride for a long time, if you've been exposed to a lot of chemicals, if you've been exposed to serious conditioning, which most Mm -hmm. of us have, Mm -hmm. the plant medicine allows you to have a conscious death in a very rapid way. So most of the medicines not the microdosing of mushrooms so much, but if you take a regular dose of any of the medicine, you're going to come with a question eventually. You might mm-hmm. throw it first, but there will be a question that says, are you willing to die to everything you know, to wake up, to live to everything that mm. is for you? And you have to say yes, yeah. or you will suffer. People say, I had a bad trip. I said, no, you just don't want to die. You're scared of fucking shitless of dying. Yeah. And they're like, you're right. And I'm like, yeah, this is not like we talked about this. And if that's where your problem is, we should do hypnosis and QHHD before mm-hmm. you do plant medicine. Right. So you can have a because I believe that waking up and healing and wellness can be a graceful, gentle, mm-hmm. easy experience if you choose it to be. Of course, there's going to be carnage and violence and things, and there's going to be opportunity for you to choose to label it whatever you want. And I, as a practitioner, like to make it as graceful as possible. So utilizing plant medicine has been significant in that for a lot Mm -hmm. of people. What what do you tell your clients who maybe want to try plant medicine, but maybe they have like those fears of, you know, you kind of touched on like having a bad trip. Uh, Like what would be like a good entry level? Like what's like, would you say it's like the softest, you know, entry level to kind of, they want to like dip their toe in? Yeah, good question. So I wrote a book. It's about 40 pages long. It's called Unstoppable, What Fear, Death, and the Black Cannabis mm-hmm. Market Have to Teach Us About Living. And I would say cannabis is the softest entry point. Yeah. And I would say there's um, there's like these candies that are called suckets. This kind of crazy mm-hmm. word. I know my face. Suck it. But they, uh, they have THC in them, yeah. about five milligrams of THC. And if you these specific candies, it's not chocolate, it's not, so your body metabolizes things differently. Mm-hmm. But these specific candies, they get in your bloodstream really easily. This is one of the easiest, most 
recognizable for your brain experiences if you're not a smoker, if you don't want to do, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of ways to do it, but these little kind of candies are one of the ways that I like to help people. Um, a small dose of psilocybin is okay too. If you're really aware and awake, like you would do well on a small dose of psilocybin in the morning with me and we're going to go outside and we're making a hike to waterfall and it's going to be beautiful and you're mm-hmm. going to have a whole new experience with nature. Beautiful. Yes, and things like this. What would you say is like the main differences um, between like doing plant medicine in like a ceremonial setting versus microdosing? Like, so can you microdose and then you know, like go on your day and you know like go to work yeah. or something? Yeah. So like, what would great question? What, yeah. What What are the main differences between those? John Hopkins has a big study right now in Texas. Uh, there's 45 women in it that are mm-hmm. microdosing every day and doing wow. their nine to five job. They're oh. all and I've been following three of them because they were three of them were my clients before they went into this study. I'm a little bit underground as far as I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't want my name out there mm-hmm. to be this psilocybin guru. I just like to help you if you don't feel well and right. we'll do whatever modality. So that being said, yes, you can utilize all of these plant medicines and it can enhance your creativity and your um, quality of life. Really, that's what mm-hmm. it is. I, I, I struggle in my life sometimes with anxiety, like severe crippling anxiety. And I've really learned to utilize THCA specifically. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different terpenes and different uh, avenues and ways to use cannabis, Mm -hmm. but I've utilized this one specific and I know that it's able, I'm able to have a much healthier quality of life and conversation with people because I don't my cells are relearning. I say this, my cells are relearning what it's like to be well and in homeostasis still. Because for 20 plus years of my life, I lived in fight, flight, fawn, freeze. I didn't know that I did, but I'm still not all the way. It's like 17 years later after I stopped, my cellular memory still exists. It does. And sometimes things come up and how do I help myself in that moment? Well, I want to have a whole toolkit to be able to help myself. Yeah. And I want to try things until it works. And so... And, you know, that really kind of, I feel that when you talk about that trauma, because I feel, you know, even part of me still lives in that fight or flight. And it took me so long to realize um, I had a very traumatic childhood, but, you know, I don't want to like deep dive into it too much, but I I live with, you know, my mom was a schizophrenic, single mom. um, And one of the traumas was that she was always preparing for the end of the world. Like every day, like the world is ending, like the world is ending. You need to wake up. We're going to, you know, we're in danger. We're in danger. We're in danger. Um, we were, uh, you know, doomsday survivalists, storing food. And so I had this fear, like this fear that was so deeply instilled in me that, you know, that I wasn't safe. And even to this day, you know, I've done a lot of work to try to overcome that. But if the news pops on, the news is a trigger. Like I literally run from the news. If I like walk in somewhere and it's on the TV, I have to leave. And, you know, I'm still, you know, working through my stuff too. It's a journey. It's a process. But when we talk about, you know, the anxiety and stuff of society and things, and I'm real curious, you know, to, to seek out, you know, other methods, you know, myself, even healers need healing too. Right. You know, um, people come to me and, you know, I think because of my traumas, you know, I can really relate and help people process, but there's still part of me that I'm still working through stuff too. So it's interesting when you talked about that, it just kind of struck a little nerve there for me. 
I can feel. So uh, mm-hmm. I would invite you to play with me. And you want to play a game, Jennifer? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Game. Look, ooh, I'm going to say games yes. are a little triggering for you because your mom probably played bad games. It's interesting what words trigger us, right? Okay. And I'm a little so, nervous. I'm not going to lie. Okay. That's exciting. Do you know okay. what that nervousness is? That's the nervousness of the program that's been running because it knows it's going to get shut down right now. It knows it's going to die. And when things know they're going to die, this is how mm-hmm. you feel when sometimes you first take plant medicine right here. This kind of like... Yeah, Holy I'm shit. feeling it. Are we going on a roller coaster ride? Or <laughs> is my mom going to come out of the closet? Like, what the fuck is this feeling? You yeah. know, like, I know this feeling really well. And you can feel it. <laughs> if I was to ask you what this, what color this feeling was, or where do you feel this feeling in your body, or is it all over your body? Where is it? It is all over my body. Um, the strongest what is in the heart and stomach. Okay. Uh, intuitively, I want to say like a deep orangish, orangey okay. red what color. What shape is it? If it Cir- was a shape, what's like it? a circle. circular? Is it flat or is it an orbit? Is it round, like a sphere, or is it flat? It's flat. It's flat, and it's a big flat reddish orange thing. Does it have? Is it is it circular or is it blobby? Blobby, definitely. Blobby. Like okay, blobby. is it moving? Is it moving? Yes. Now we're going to get nauseous, and I'm sorry we're going to get nauseous, but this is going to get better after it gets worse for just a second. We might throw up. We won't. Um, but, yeah, so it's moving, and it's, like, gross. It's, like, really gross, and it's a really intense because it has, like, a voice even. It's, like, kind of quivery, like, and it sits over your whole body, and mm-hmm. so – if I was to say that this thing, we're going to move it and we're going to, we're going to make it first into like a three dimensional blob that is encompassing your whole entire body. So yeah. it's kind of like you're in the middle of an amoeba. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. So you'd be like, in, I know you're like, get me the fuck out of here. It's okay. I want you to know that this is like, this is part of the creative process. So here we go. And what's your favorite color, Jennifer? Blue. 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 Okay. Blue. So... I want you to imagine this thing turning blue. Is it light blue or dark blue? It is a deep, dark, beautiful ocean deep, blue. Deep, dark blue. Okay, yeah. and I want you to imagine it all coming out of your stomach. I want you to imagine it going in through your, like, all the pores of your body. Your body's kind of, like, sucking it up. And then I want you to imagine it coming out of your stomach, kind of like um, like a fire hose. Mm. Whoa. But different. Like the... Continuous flow out your stomach, out your stomach, out your stomach, out your stomach, out your stomach. And it's creating a big blue bubble outside Mm -hmm. in front of you in your front yard. Do you have a front yard? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So in your front yard, you can imagine that there's this big blue bubble. And now, because we took this thing away from you, we're going to replace that this thing that was over you with a really beautiful puppy blanket. Do you know what a puppy blanket is? You know, the soft, like nice like the feeling of those really soft blankets. Do you like those blankets? Okay, great. Jennifer, so yes, we're going to put you in a beautiful puppy blanket of blue. And we're going to wrap you kind of like a little baby in that blanket. And then we're going to work with this thing that's out here. So can you see the bubble? First of all, the big blue bubble that's in front of you. Does it have a sound? Mm, that's an interesting question because as soon as you said that, yes, like I feel like it's like a low, like humming noise. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you make it sound like the ocean. Do you know what the ocean sounds like? Yeah. Yeah, I can. Yes. Have you ever listened to a conch shell? Yeah. 
Okay, so mm. I'm going to turn the thing into a conch shell, and I want you to pick up the thing, and I want you to listen to it. It's a blue conch shell, and you're like a mermaid, right? Okay. And you're like a mermaid in a puppy blanket. <laughs> a mermaid and in a puppy blanket, I love it. If you're listening to the conch shell, and you're listening to the ocean, it's very soothing. Is the ocean mm. soothing for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the sound of the soothing ocean is really the sound of your puppy blanket that's all over you. It's really the sound of peace and safety and love. And it's really the sound of nothing because nothing is really the sound of peace, which is the sound mm-hmm. of safety, which is the sound of love. And these three words go in a box together in a shelf in your pantry. And we keep them there. And if something were to happen, you can go to the pantry and you can look in the box and you can feed yourself with these cookies of love and safety and peace. So what's interesting about the way that creativity works is the most Mm -hmm. creative person wins always. Yeah. And when you're able to access your DNA without a specific process, but know that the picture, sound, and feeling is actually like because right now I'm like high as a kite in a good way. My mm-hmm. body feels really high and light, right? Because we moved, we left, we changed this thing. And like your brain's like, well, that motherfucker come back. And so mm-hmm. Jennifer, <laughs> tell me about your mom. Tell me about this. Like, I want to know about the, this um, safety that you feel. About the, but uh, you say unsafe? Uh, about being unsafe. Hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, honestly, Here's the thing too, is like, it's been so long that I almost numb to it. Like when, when I hear that question, it's like a numbness inside of me. And, uh, I haven't talked to her in 24 years. I'll start there because, you know, it was so, such a traumatic experience, you know, growing up with that and, uh, everything surrounding it. So when I think about, you know, like the unsafety, I just... I just want to be done with it, I guess, you know, like that feeling. I want it like gone. I want to overcome that, which as I mentioned, you know, I've done a lot of that work already, which might be why I don't really have a lot of feelings. I'm just like, eh, this is something that happened to me. And it's actually become a, a big source of my strength and my purpose and my reason, you know, why, why I do it. And maybe that's why part of me like hold, was kind of holding on to it is because, it keeps us safe. So this right here, this right here is the magic. I think the magic of the sauce, right? Like Mm -hmm. I watched you right now, look for that thing that we just moved. I watched your eyes. Like if, when you watch this back, Mm -hmm. you'll see, I said, tell me about your unsafety. And you were like, well, I'm kind of numb to it. And the reality is, is if I would have asked you before we did this, Mm -hmm. I could have got you to cry about it. And I'm not saying that that's bad or good, but I could have invoked I yeah. could have told me, like, even right now, like, tell me about a time when you never felt safe, Jennifer. Tell me about it. Mm, honestly, like, my whole childhood. <laughs> right. So, you know, so yeah. Like, is I there, like, a specific hard... incidents? Oh, yeah. Okay. You're going to open me up nice and raw. <laughs> yes. It's okay. Um, I care so much I don't fine. care. Like, I like oh, to yeah. rip that one band-aid off because that one's better than, uh, like, who knows what we're moving through. We just know yeah. we're moving. Yeah, and we want to keep the momentum. I'm an open book. I really am. <laughs> Uh, you know, when you say that, the first thing that comes to mind, it must have been about four. And I walked into the bathroom and my mom was taking a bath. And what color was the bathroom floor? White. 
And it was like one of those old kind of claw-like tubs. And there's very steamy, very, very hot bath. And my mom, I thought, was asleep, but was not asleep. Uh, I tried to wake her up. And she was not waking up. And I was very scared. And it was just me and her. So that lived in this apartment upstairs. So I didn't know what to do. And I decided to go downstairs. I remember running down the stairs in my pajamas. And what color were your pajamas? They had cats on them. They were like little kitty cats. Yeah. Did you have a cat? No, not at this, not at this time. I did not. But my pajamas had kitty cats. <laughs> and mm-hmm. knocked on the neighbor's door on the left-hand side under the stairs. They came out. And I said, my mommy's not waking up. And their mommy's not waking up. And so they brought me inside the house, and the gentleman was like, it's okay, honey, you know, come inside. And I stayed inside with the wife, and he went upstairs, and next thing I remember, there's a bunch of lights, flashing, ambulance, and my mom was coming down the stairs on a stretcher. And I remember feeling so scared, not understanding what had happened, like, is she going to wake up? Um, you know, it, it, did Do you I remember what you did the day before? No. You remember what happened the day after? No, I don't. I've thought about that a lot too because I don't remember anything else after. Like, who caught me? Where did I go? Where did I stay? <laughs> I just remember just this incident. <laughs> Do you remember the neighbor had a cat? I don't recall. Like, Do you think? I think it was a marmalade cat. Do you like marmalade cats, or do you like what color cats? Do you like? I love tuxedo cats. <laughs> With a little tuxedo cat? Yeah. Cute with the little white thingy? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a remember when you, it's so weird. When you open the door for the neighbors, you remember the tuxedo cat and the neighbor? It's so weird. I know this is your brain's like, I don't know. It's weird. There was a tuxedo cat there. And I know you forgot about this, but that's just part of the story. Mm. See, the most interesting part is if you can't identify what happened the day before, Jennifer, and you can't identify what happened the day after. Yeah. And you can clearly identify what happened that day. We change any any of that. Mm -hmm. You're free any of it. And if I can get you to change it with me mm. and you can actually say like, huh? So what do you think your mom was trying to teach you then? Like, what did you learn that day? I look, you know, at like, you know, life lessons, everything that happens to us is a life lesson. And the number one answer that comes up right away is exactly how not to be. My mom had. Fuck a- yeah. Fuck. Yeah, she yeah. had a Valium addiction. I actually, another story. Okay, I guess we're going to talk about mom and trauma right now because it's okay, I, I love you. I, I care so much. I love you. I love you. Um, she had an addiction to many things, but one of them during that time period in her life and my life was Valium, and so she had she had overdose in Valium. That's basically what had happened that night, and I even ended up overdosing on Valium. I found a pill on the floor when I was about six, and I thought it was a, I thought it was candy, and I ate it. And so, um, just going a little off track, but I think that the main lesson was life was trying to show me exactly like what not to do, what not to be, don't go down this path, don't go down this road. Um, you know, you have to be stronger than that, right? You have to overcome. So that was my main lesson. I feel like that I learned from that experience. Perseverance. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Fortitude. The ability to deal with hard things and Mm -hmm. be resilient. Yeah. She's a huge asset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's interesting about this conversation 
is I feel really guided to tell you that fortitude, the asset of fortitude is like dealing with hard things over and over is as a fawning addiction. Do you know what fawning is? Yes. So there's like, like flight or flight or freeze or Mm -hmm. fawn and fawning is like being nice to your abuser. When it's your mom, it's fucked up. Like I was mm-hmm. raped by my step grandpa, right? So I have a really, a really strong fawning mm-hmm. response that I didn't realize until I like I took it apart. Where in my life and what, what who of my clients was I fawning towards? Where mm-hmm. I was like giving them permission to not slide, but like I wanted them to be great. So I didn't want to tell them how horrible they were. I don't know if that. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily my clients. I would hold them, but who in my life, like my boyfriend, right? It was so fascinating when I figured out this fawning ability because we love our parents so much and that's what we're taught to do. Like it's natural and normal that you would want to love your mom and that you would still want to figure out like, how do I put this person in a place in my energetic field that makes sense and that helps me? Right? How do right. I figure out how to utilize this piece? Because people would say, What did you learn from being raped? And I'd say, Not a fucking thing. I learned how not to be, and that there's really bad things that happen to people, and you can be whoever you want to be, regardless mm-hmm. of what they tell you you are. Yeah. Like, that's what I learned. Uh, people need to hear this, though. You mm-hmm. talking about this? This is people are open, they're raw. Like, I'm sure they've cried yeah. through this podcast because the idea that just massaging the story mm-hmm. out and allowing yourself to be vulnerable enough to move the DNA in real time is so freeing, right? People are looking for freedom and liberty. That's actually what they're looking for. Yeah. They won't articulate that, but. 100%. You know, I think that especially when we have these like raw and organic conversations and they, they might go down an unexpected path, there's always a reason behind that, you know, our higher selves or the universe, whatever you want to think of it is guiding the conversation because somebody out there who's listening to this, it's exactly what they needed to hear today. Yeah. So I'm so grateful. I think we're going to call this one right here and we're going to get on another one later because I want to follow up and I'd love to do sessions if you wanted to, you know what I mean? Create an opportunity. (laughs) Uh, And so this is Ashley Jackson and this is Jennifer Mitchell and Ashley Jackson. And Jennifer has the Soul Traveler podcast, and this is Ashley speaking from the Wake Up or Die podcast, which we just had a whole Wake Up or Die Mm -hmm. conversation. I'm sure this will be interesting to listen to. So (laughs) have a great night. And if you need something, please reach out. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by The Soul Experience, quantum healing hypnosis. Are you ready to embark on an inward journey of quantum healing? Quantum Healing Hypnosis is the most profound method of inner work and self-healing someone can do while on a spiritual path. In a single session, you experience past life regression, exploration between lifetimes, self-healing performed by your subconscious, release of trapped trauma, and answers to your most important life questions. Your higher self has a message for you and is here to help you and guide you on this life journey. Book a session today with Jennifer Mitchell at thesoulexperiences.com.